Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. And if you need help, the Lord is here, and I'm thankful that He is. I know I can't walk either, Brother Mark, unless He's holding my hand. What a blessing it is to know the Lord. If you don't know Him, Today, above all, I pray that you would leave here knowing him as your personal Lord and Savior. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but death bats 100% so far. Ain't missed anybody yet, nor will it start. But I am glad and I'm thankful unto the Lord to have a hope in him. That if I was to die today, I know where I would spend eternity. And if you don't... You'll meet him someday. And whether you want to bow today or not, that's your decision. But it would do you a world of good to bow before it's eternally too late. If you have scripture, let me invite you to the book of Joshua, chapter 11. I know these have been hard days for this world that we live in. Everyone, including us here in Alexander County, even at Sulphur Springs Baptist Church. It's always an honor to to be with you and to share what the Lord has put upon our heart. I want to say thank you before I forget of all you've been part of in the nation of India. And as you're making your way there to Joshua chapter 11, I do want to say thank you for your help, your prayers, for what we've been able to accomplish this year. Even while we had to be in the United States the entire year, we wasn't able to go back in December as we normally do. The country has been flooded with this, I guess, terror and, and, and the sickness there as well. Multitudes died. The hospitals are full. It is limited where you can travel, if you can travel at all. Trains and planes and bus stations, everything has closed down as far as uh, the accessibility to go places and be able to reach out and minister to the villages. So people have asked, Brother, how have you kept the ministry running and how has the ministry continued? even without being able to be there. Well, I went to Statesville this morning and sent $4,000. So every couple weeks we send as much as we can through wires to keep those wires going to local places to buy foods, to buy supplies, to buy the needs that are needed there, to buy clothes, to buy books for kids to read. So I want to say thank you. Thank you for praying for wisdom because God can give it even to somebody from Alexander County. Amen. But it is always an honor to be with you, and I want to say thank you. I'll show just a couple pictures after we read Joshua chapter 11. If you're willing and able to stand, let me invite you to do that to reverence the reading of God's awesome word. I'd like to say what the Lord has put upon our heart from Joshua chapter 11, starting in verse 1 up to 7. If you would like to read along with us, it'll be on the screen as well as we look to God's word. It says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard those things, that he sent Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Ashah, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains, and of the plains south of Chinneroth, and in the valley, and in the borders of Dor on the west. And to the Canaanite on the east and on the west and to the Amorite and the Hittite and the 
Perizzite and the Jebusite in the mountain, and to the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mesphah. And they went out, they and all their host, with them much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude with the horses and chariots very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the, the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Merom suddenly and they fell upon them. You may be seated this morning. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we study it together. I don't know if any of you have felt like quitting in 2020, but there have been days I don't know if you've faced that you felt like stopping and giving up. But I want to preach this morning. I want to share from Joshua 11 on this, this thought that I will not go down without a fight. And I don't know if you've done decided and threw the towel in in your corner and in your ring and stopped. You, you've stopped what it is that God has called you to do, but I am not going to stop. Amen. Anybody here else with me? Amen. For, thank you for the 20 of you who are. The rest of you, I hope that you'll join in by the end of the service. Amen. Because God don't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to throw in the towel. Joshua had every reason to. And I will go through that this morning. Uh, Ethan, you got the pictures up there. I'm going to go through them really quick and knock them out of the way and say thank you. Thank you for shoes. If you'll go to the next one, Ethan, I don't know how fast you are. Thank you for helping us to build a new church this year. God never called us to do that, but I'm thankful that if you will follow the Lord and not quit whenever everything's coming against you, God will throw added blessings in as well. And in the years that we've been ministering, this is our 45th church. The next picture, Brother Ethan, that's the actual church because the church isn't bamboo and sticks. It's not your stained glass. That's not what saved you, church. It is the blood of Christ that made you his bride. And if you've made a commitment to him, you won't go down without a fight either. You'll stay in there. You won't give up. You won't quit. And that's what I'm calling you to do today. If you feel like giving up, boy, this is the day for you. This is God's word for you. Ethan, if you'll go to the last picture, or sorry, the next to the last picture, that group took the gospel and shared the gospel with those who had never heard six miles away. And that's going to be our 47th church. I've got the 46th running in Aruku Valley right now today, and I'm not even there, but I've got pictures of the structure coming up, and I am grateful unto the Lord for what he is doing in our midst today, because he is awesome still today, just like he was yesterday, and will be forever if you know him, amen. Last picture is of, of the kids that we take care of that have HIV. I always want to say thank you for praying for us and the Lord giving us wisdom, but uh, those, those kids, along with the other 2,000 kids within a, uh, the umbrella of Hope Givers Ministry, all send their greetings, send their thank you, send their love and appreciation to you here at Sulphur Springs Baptist Church as well. And we love you and thank you for all that you do. What I'm telling you today, don't quit until Jesus comes back and takes us out. Amen? Amen. 
I will not go down without a fight. Joshua chapter 11, the first seven verses today. I've heard of people are so timid today. They're afraid they might lose. They might get a bloody nose. They might get cut by an opponent. They might get knocked down. Uh, But when the enemy comes, they're going to know they wrestle with someone when they wrestle me. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't know what your attitude is. I don't know what your beef is, your steak. I don't know if you've got something planted in the ground today, a foundation that you're living on. But Joshua surely did. He was a man of no quit. And I hope and pray uh, that you're that same type of person who won't just roll over and play dead when the enemy comes against you. Because sons and daughters of the king... He's coming. He's coming against you. He's coming for you. I don't know if you know the story. Joshua has picked up the mantle of Moses. Boy, that's a big shoe to fill, if you will. He is Moses or Charles Heston, whatever you want to call him. He's his successor. Y'all know what I'm saying? He's, he's fell in the responsibility of leading God's children. That's who we're preaching about today. This is big stuff. You're talking about a guy who led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. You're talking about a man who set the entire nation of Israel, the entire people of God free from the bondage of slavery of Pharaoh. That's the shoes that Joshua is stepping into. But, but the good news is God did use Joshua after he picked up the mantle of Moses. And the good news is today, God will use you as well if you're willing to pick up a mantle and get in the fight as well. Not give up. When, when Joshua, if you read through his book, you know he achieved great things. You, you hear about the Jericho walls that fell down after they marched around them uh, sometimes. And, and four plus decades later, here we are. They, they've marched around. He's been part of the camp who went out to the promised land to see the promised land. And because no one else believed, uh, they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, right? Did you know that? That's a long time to be in the wild. I know some of y'all like hunting, but imagine being out there for 40 years, amen? That miss, you might say that's all right with you, but 40 years with Moses, amen? That's it. All you got to look at was beautiful Moses, not what God had promised you. And that, Kids, we're, we are in the midst of stuff because we don't want to move on into what God has promised us. Do you know how many spies they sent to the land, anybody? Thank God somebody read their Bible. I think I heard 12. It took y'all a second though, amen? There was 12 of them and they came back with a report. And do you know how many of them was negative? All right, y'all are starting to believe that, hey, uh, this guy, I want him to know I know my Bible. That's good. Yeah, there was 10 of them that come back with a negative report. That means if you take 10 away from 12, that only leaves two with a positive report. They come back and... Boy, they're, they're, they're in the midst of this uh, telling what happened in the land. There's like, we got grapes the size of, oh, it's just amazing to see these grapes that we've got. And you wouldn't believe it. They're basketball-sized grapes. They're huge. And um, the, Joshua and Caleb, they're, they're showing all the pros that, about the land. And God said we could take it, so we will. And the other ten, uh, we can't do that. We can't do that. Now, let me say this today. It doesn't matter what the majority vote is. God always wins in the end. You better note that, America. You better note it quick. It doesn't matter what it says in the White House. It doesn't matter what it says in God's house. God has the final say. You can okay and put a stamp of approval on everything you wish to. 
But I tell you, God always has the majority, even though he looks like the minority. There they was. They was afraid to move forward. They was afraid to go on. But Joshua, sure enough, he took in and he did great things. He went through 31 battles. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Joshua, but 31 of those battles. He only lost one, which he avenges later. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good fight ratio. Amen. And, and God will... Com- he will fulfill you in your calling, and he will, he will complete what he's called you to do and anointed you to do, even though you have to go through the dramas of life just like Joshua did. And I want to remind you after a year of, of a pandemic, pandemic, terrorism type of world, you might have suffered financial loss, you might have suffered educational loss or economical loss or spiritual loss, or mental loss, but I'm here to remind you today, Sulphur Springs, not all is lost. Amen. You are here today, and God has a plan for each and every one who is seated in this sanctuary today. And in, in order for us to fulfill our calling as, as God has called us and to what God has called us to do, it's going to take a fight. We live in a generation of people who, man, they bow down to anything. We, we got a government who pays for everything. They pay you more to stay at home and go to work. Who wouldn't stay at home? You know how hard it is to find employees and how hard it is to find anybody who wants to work whenever the White House will pay you just as much to stay in your home. Hmm? Oh, well, I thought I should tell you that in order for us to get past this, Christians, it's going to take a fight. It's going to take you standing up and me standing up and being who we're supposed to be. I want you to know this. The Bible does say love your enemy, but I think we took love your enemy too far. And we love them so much that we became a lot like them. I've got news for you today. Church, your marriages are worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. Your ministry is worth fighting for. Your calling is worth fighting for. Your peace of mind is worth fighting for. Your faith is worth fighting for. So what I'm telling you today is everything that the Lord has given to you is worth fighting for. Go on and preach, preacher. I believe I will. God has called you to fight for the kingdom of God. Amen? And I wish somebody would join me today in that that fight. Verse number one, I don't know if you read with me or not in the scripture. I appreciate y'all starting at 10, by the way. Amen? That gives us plenty of time. Well, I, I appreciate I'm just Y'all are like, oh, Lord. Y'all, y'all just hold on. I promise I'll be done as quick as I share uh, these seven verses, and I'll be done. I promise. But at any rate, the first verse, did you see what it said in the verse? The Bible says, and it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard. Did you see that? It's on the screen, too. They got it up there. They had heard. They had heard what Joshua was doing. And I want to say this. If you are truly a child of God, hell knows what you're doing. They have heard of you. They have heard of what is going on in your life because of what you're doing for the kingdom of God. You do something for God, it's going to go around. Somebody's going to hear about it. And that's exactly what's happened in verse number one. They, 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 had, they had started in on the fight. They had took nation after nation. And you see that in the text today. Uh, they had stopped being the laid-back Christians in the wilderness and started being the Christians that they was called to be. And I'm calling you to be the same. Come out of the wilderness and be who God has called you to be. And whenever you start being that man and you start being that woman for God, people are going to start talking about you. And when they do, rejoice. Amen. 
I'm thankful when I get talked about. They had, did you see all the people that talked about them? Good Lord. Uh, Joshua, he, 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 everybody's talking about him, all the surrounding nations. And if you read through the next few verses, he's called the kings from, he's called them from Hazor, from, from, from Madon, from Shimron, uh, Ashpah. He's called them all. And you go down through the list, Chinaroth, the door, he's called the, the, he's called the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the, the Parasites, the Mosquito Bites, and even the Termites. Amen. He, he's called them all. Isn't it right? That's when you do something for God, it seems like the entire world will come against you. But thank God he is always for you and not against you if you're following him faithfully. That sounds familiar to me. They brought everybody together for one sole purpose, and that sole purpose was destroy Joshua and God's kids. I've got news for you today. That's what our world is out to do to you too. So I'm telling you today, I will not go down without a fight, and I hope you leave with that mindset too. I've discovered that, that God's people will stand until, until problems come most of the time. And whenever problems come, see you later, alligator. Amen. After a while crocodile but but I, i'm persuaded i'm persuaded if they did you see what it said there in verse number four i just i done jumped down to verse four y'all should be really happy now okay i've done jumped down to there and they went out their host you see as many as as many as the sand that is upon the sea now i'm i'm from alexander county buddy and i can't count that high i can i can only count to like 10 in stony point that's what we learned but anyway uh, amen. Thank God. I do know how to get to 10, but I, I can say this, you know, uh, that's a lot of people. Y'all ever tried to count the stars? I've done that. I, I've tried. And I know you have too. And you're like, one, two, doggone, you move, dude. Where'd you go? You, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever tried to count the sand just at your little circle of yourself and you can't get past 20 or 30 because they all start mixing together? That's what has come against Joshua. This, as many as the sand on the sea. Has it seemed like to you in your life that it just seems like problems are uncountable? You can't seem to get by? I've come to this conclusion, son, you must be a bad somebody whenever they've got to send that many people against you to stop you. I like Joshua. I love his picture of who we are to be in Christ. And I'm calling you today and telling you today, boy, if God has called you into the family of God, my, what a privilege. I do not take it lightly. And I look back and say, wow, at what God has called me to do. We get to see devils destroyed. We get to see families reunited. We get to see prostitutes quit their job. We get to see drug lords come off the streets. We get to see lost, found by the grace of God, just like you was. Brother, I don't take that lightly. But when you do, they hear about you. And they do everything they can to stop you. I just wonder who you represent today. That's a lot of people. The number of sand on the seashore. Uh, people ask me, Brother Todd, are you scared of Indian people? They're actually a lot smaller than, than, than uh, most of us. If you look at my wife, she's short. I, I, I make fun of her all the time, but she loves me. And uh, I tell them, man, I'm not scared of Indian people. I'm just scared of a lot of Indian people. <laughs> man, you put a crowd together, but it doesn't make no difference. They're going to get you. They're going to tackle you. It doesn't matter how strong you are. They're going to get you. But what I'm saying is today, don't quit. 
Don't go down without a fight. Many armies came against the children of God here in Joshua 11 that we read today. And the odds was stacked against Joshua. And the odds may be stacked against you today. The odds may be against your marriage. The odds uh, may be against your ministry prospering. The odds may be against your business flourishing. The odds may uh, be against you succeeding. The odds may be against you having a child. You might not be able to. The odds may be against you quitting your habit. But I love what Paul wrote to the church of Rome in 831. He said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Aren't you glad you've got God on your side when all the odds are against you? Amen. Thank you for the ten of you who believe that. The rest of you, I hope you believe that before the message is finished today. Because if God has given you a promise, who can stop our God? I thank him today that he is awesome. And I'm thankful today that even in the, the midst of all the problems that was coming against Joshua, the Lord was with him. <laughs> you know, that's a good indication that you're heading in the right direction, that you're having a problem. I, I come up with this all by myself in the study of Alexander County down in Stony Point where I live. Are y'all ready for this? The Holy Ghost revealed this to me. You cannot have a head-on collision while traveling in the same direction. That's deep. We have an officer who is part of the sanctuary and part of the congregation. He'll attest to that, I'm sure. He's probably never seen a head-on collision while he was traveling in the same direction. If you're, if you're following the devil, <laughs> you're not going to butt heads too often. But, but if you aren't, get ready and make this statement today in your heart. I'm not going to go down without a fight. So what do I do, Brother Todd, when the odds are stacked against me? What do I do whenever... Whenever the paperwork to fire you is there on the table, what I do whenever they're all lined up against you, what do you do whenever uh, it's your back to the wall and they're coming against you, what do you do when they have come to kill you in a village and they've surrounded your hut, what do you do, Brother Todd, whenever uh, they're trying to burn your church, what do you do whenever you go in to minister to people who are lost and they cut your tires when you come out and you can't leave, what do you do? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to answer that today. That's what Joshua 11 deals with. Verse 6, I'm going to spend just a minute there if that's okay. All my thoughts come from that verse today, and I want to share that with you. Verse 6, it says, do you have it up? And the Lord, and the Lord said unto Joshua, be not afraid because of them. For tomorrow about this time will I deliver them all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. I love in Scripture, y'all missed a great point to shout, by the way. At verse number 6, I love when Scripture has ands and buts, words of conjunction. Boy, I'm thankful when God ands and buts in Scripture. Amen. And you ought to be thankful when God ands and buts in your life because... Boy, I'm glad when God butts in. Do y'all know any scripture? Y'all ought to shout right there. For Psalm 34 and 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Amen. Romans 6 and 23, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen. Joshua has a whole army coming against him. And there's a conjunction word of and, or some text would say, But the Lord said, unto Joshua and the Lord said unto Joshua we don't like God budding and ending in our situations we're like butt out but I'm glad when he butts in amen 
He butted in for Joshua, and here he comes. He's got something to tell Joshua, and here's what he tells him. First thing, let me tell you this. If you're going to stay in there without giving up, the first thing is this. It's right there in your text. I'm not making them up. These is God's words right there. It says, the first thing, be not afraid. Let me tell you that. The first thing you're going to do that's going to keep you from quitting is stop being scared. Amen? Stop being scared, scared. Fear affects your fight. Did you know that? First time I got into a fight, I know you're thinking, oh, goodness, you got into a fight, preacher. I didn't always have a halo on my head. I still ain't got one, amen. But anyway, the first time, I never will forget the first fight I got into it was with a cousin. He was bigger than me, but he had done pushed me to the edge. And boy, I was scared. I was scared of him. And I was so scared of him that I had noodle arms. Y'all know what noodle arms is? I mean, yeah, he's coming at me. He's going, he's going to punch me. And I'm like, man, I, I swung at him. I felt like... What's that, uh, Gumby? I felt like Gumby, that green guy. <laughs> it didn't work. My arms wasn't strong enough. I wasn't ready. Fear stopped me from fighting how I wanted to fight, and it'll do the same for you, Christian. Be not afraid of them. That's what I'm telling you today. Stop being afraid of CNN. Stop being afraid of what this person says and what that person says. Most of us can't move forward because our fear has driven us so far backwards. Some, some, some here today, you might be afraid of writing a book or starting that new chapter in your life. Or you might be afraid of accepting the challenge God is offering to you today. You might be afraid of getting married. I don't know what your fear. You might be afraid of listening to the Lord. You might be afraid of this or afraid of that. But God has something for you if you'll stop fearing and go on. I believe uh, Paul wrote to uh, Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Amen. That's what he's given to me. I hope you've got that, that in you as well. But fear will drive you in the wrong direction. Many of God's children today are steered by fear. And that's the wrong way you want to go. Did y'all know, I, I watched Discovery Channel, by the way. Okay, so now you know that I watched Discovery Channel. So once on Discovery Channel, I learned something about lines. A pack of lines is really interesting. And I really don't know how the lines communicate. I don't speak line or any, anything. I don't have that gift of tongues or anything like that. But, but I did figure out what they're trying to say and how they kind of operate there. But I learned, I learned this just for y'all, okay? Are you ready? I, I'm going to teach you something. There's a group of lines. They see the prey down in the valley right there beside Brother Glenn. And uh, say this is one side of the valley. And, this is the other side of the valley, and boy, th there's a group of prey right in the, the middle of the valley. Well, the group of lions see that, and they call old fat, toothless lion over there, and I'll, I'll represent him, okay? He comes over here, he's, he's fat, he's slow, he's toothless, he's not worth much. But they send him to the opposite side of the valley, and the strong, aggressive, powerful lions they sneak around through the jungle, Brother James, and they go through the other side of the woods to the other side of the valley. Well, here's old toothless chubby over here. He, he's over here on this side. He's got one job. You know what it is? It's to roar. He goes over here and the, 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 all, the, all the praise in the valley, and that toothless chubby giant, big lion, all his job is to go, are y'all ready for me to speak cat to you? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my, my cat uh, language. You ready? Roar. There you go. 
I know I can do better than that, but that's the best I can do for right now. I'm really, I'm nervous about my cat language, brother. But anyway, he, he's roared, and what does the prey do? The prey gets scared. There is one smart person in the congregation. I wish the rest of y'all would follow him. But anyway, the, the prey gets scared. Do you know where the prey runs to? They run to the other side. Thank God for one smart Christian in our room. And once they get to the other side, who was waiting over here? The strong pack of lions. Do you know what happens to the group of prey? Boy, I'm taking you home with me. I'm telling you to stop running from your fear and start running to the roar. And the Lord said unto Joshua, run away whenever problems come, right? Is that what he said? Do not be afraid of them. Sulphur Springs, I'm telling you today the same thing. Do not be afraid of them. I remember whenever I was growing up, boy, I was shy to speak in front of anybody. I've spoke in front of 50. I've spoke, spoke in front of 20,000. What difference does it make? You know what difference it makes? That the Lord is with you and you know it. When the Lord speaks to you, it's a good thing to get a word from. I used to be scared of heights when I was four. I told my friends in Sunday school class, I'd never fly across the ocean. I flew more than 25 times around the world today. I've even bungee jumped. Amen. I still do gainers off the high dive over at Cool Park. You can come watch me. You ever seen a fat guy do gainers? Hey, man, I can do it. You can ask my wife right off the high dive. You know how I dealt with my fear? And the Lord said, and the Lord said unto Todd, and the Lord will say to you, aren't you glad the Lord will say something to you if you'd listen to him today? He says, don't fear, don't, don't quit. And I'm telling you today to tell yourself, don't fear. Don't, don't quit. I remember the first church that we bought in India. I just knew it was going to be a failure. And I, got, I gave God every excuse why I wouldn't build a church over there. I said, Lord, I don't know the language. I don't know the, the know-how to build a church. You called us to give shoes and to give clothes. That's enough for me. But you know what? He said, no, I'm telling you to do it. And I gave him every excuse of why it was going to be a failure. And now 45 churches later, I say God knows what he's talking about. Amen. And he still does. And I'm here to inspire someone today to know this fact that fear will cripple you from being what Christ wants you to be. He would like somebody to leave, stop living by fear and start living by faith again. Boy, haven't we had the fear of COVID and the fear of fighting and the fear of government. And we even had the fear of no gas here recently. Last year, about this time, good Lord help us, we had the fear of no more toilet paper existing in Dollar General. That was the fear that we... Aren't we foolish? Just throwing that in there for free. First thing, let me say, stop being afraid. Secondly, it's in verse 6 as well. It says, it says in verse number 6, it says, For tomorrow about this time. You see it right there? Tomorrow about this time. I want to say this for you today. Your tomorrow can be different if you'll start trusting Him today. It can actually be different for you. Now, I'm... I'm preaching to someone today and I'm telling you tomorrow can be different because your today ain't what it should be. But I'm telling you some good news today. He's about to shut it down. He's about to bring it to a conclusion. He's about, he's about to uh, let you know that they have frustrated and tormented you long enough. 
and the Lord wants you to know through Joshua 11 today, tomorrow about this time, something can be different for you if you would stop fearing, first off, and secondly, start trusting in the Lord. Just know this, that he can end it as quickly as it started. God has put a limit on what the devil can and will do to you if you're a child of God. Amen. So get ready. I'm telling you, Silver Springs, I'm telling you, believer in Christ today, get ready, get ready, get ready, because tomorrow about this time, everything could change if you'll just let it. Get ready for a battle. Get ready to fight. Get that fight mentality that you're not going to quit today. I love what the psalmist said. He said, weeping may endure for the night, but, there's that but again, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Aren't you thankful that you can look back and see what God has saved you from day after day whenever you allow him to? God wants you to be more and leave being more than a conqueror through Christ. Did you see what it said in the text? It says, more about this time, I will deliver. Now, if you work for the Postal Service, I appreciate your service. But it doesn't matter if you work for FedEx, UPS, Blue Dart, Blue Dot. It doesn't matter which one it is that you work for. There is no one that beats the Lord's delivery system. Amen. He is always on time. And tomorrow, about this time, I'm telling to you today, God could take care of a big problem you're facing today if you just face your fear first. What would you do if all your big problems was gone tomorrow? You're sitting there laughing, thinking about that. Boy, you just don't know my big problems. You just don't know my big God then either. That's right. Big problem? I'll get to that. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to bring my plane in. Y'all got to help me though, okay? I got to find the runway. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Tomorrow about this time, everything could be different for you. Thirdly, let me say this. They face their fear. What do they do? That he said tomorrow about this time, he's giving them some hope. Now he gives them some instruction. Look on down there in verse number six. It says, tomorrow about this time will I deliver them all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hold their horses and burn their chariots with fire. You might not even know what it means to hold a horse. Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to explain it. Amen. What hoeing a horse. I didn't say hoe the row of beans. Okay. I'm talking about hoeing a horse there and you, you missed another great spot to shout right there by the way man what that means is to take your sword and on the animal the horse you apply the sword into their their hamstring to hold a horse is to to stab a horse in its hamstring because when you stab a horse in its hamstring the armies of those days would render that horse useless it was an unhealable spot if you will it was it was over for the horse. It was over for, for that animal. It didn't have no more fight left in it. It was rendered useless. And what God is saying to... Did you catch what he's saying there? He said, thou shalt hold their horses. Have you ever tried to fight a horse? Anybody? It's tough, ain't it? They're bigger than we are. Thank God for somebody who can join in there and say, they're bigger, right? They're stronger. They're faster. Uh, sometimes they're a lot smarter than Baptist even. But at any rate, uh, they, they, they are. They are bigger. And I'm telling you the truth. They're a tough animal to get to. God is saying, I'm going to enable you, Joshua, to be able to stab a horse. How about that? You say, Brother Todd, I can't do that. You're right if you don't have a sword to begin with. If you ain't got a sword to go against your problem with, 
You're exactly right. If you don't know this book, don't try to leave here today acting like everything's okay. Because I assure you it's not. It's all falling apart. You'll never hoe a horse. Let me tell you about what hoeing a horse means, okay? I'll try to do this before I... Can I have, can I have eight more minutes? Good Lord, no permission from anybody? Thank God. Yes, you're the congregation for me today. Amen. Yeah, we'll take eight more minutes then. Amen. Let me tell you about hoeing a horse, all right? I, I promise I'll, I'll be done on God's time. I was in India. It's been, it's been one of our, I don't know, it's like 13th or 14th build. I never will forget. It's been several years ago. But I asked one of the village chiefs, I asked him to purchase land in India for a church building and for a group of believers. It's not like the United States. You can't drive six miles and see 17 churches. This just doesn't work like that. It's about you, you see one church here, there may be a church 400 miles later. 200 miles later, you might find another congregation. Well, every time we get a group of believers established, we try to build them a small worship facility. So I'm talking to the area chief. Uh, this is after I've submitted to start building churches, and I've spoke to the area chief about how I'd like to buy the land for this group of believers and he's like, there's no way and you know where that that's ever going to happen. Because he was an unbeliever. He was a Hindu, a devout Hindu. He hated me. He hated the Lord. He hated the Lord's work. He said, no way. I smiled. Thank you, sir, for your time. I walked out of the office of this, of this uh, area chief. And I went and I got on my, my train, the Chennai Express. And I traveled 28 hours to North India to catch my flight back to the great United States of America. And on... That 24-hour, 20-plus-hour train journey, I met a man. I had no idea who he was. We sit. My family wasn't with me at the time. They was back here. The boys was back in school. It was in the month of February or March, and um, I was on the train. So I struck up a conversation with this man. I told him, I was like, man, I'm so frustrated. Uh, I just tell him. I was pouring out myself to him, telling him what we did. I didn't care what he thought of me. Tell him what we do. Tell him how we take care of orphan kids and Tell, I even told him the gospel in that 24 hours. You can tell a person a lot in 24 hours, and sometimes you ain't glad you got the seat beside me, amen? But at any rate, uh, we, we was there, and I was telling him all these things, and, and uh, I told him about how this land deal had fell through. I was wanting a place for our believers to worship, a place for our, our children that we serve uh, to, to have a place to worship. And I got, I got off the train, you know, never expecting anything of it. Come to the United States. I was here for eight months. Swung right back around December. Left and got back over there. And in December, I went down to that same place, that same village where I'd been denied land the year before. And as I was going into the village in the Jeep that I was in, the guy comes out to meet me. <laughs> the area priest. I think, man, he's going to kill me. He hates me that much. He's come to kill me. I was like, well, whatever it'll be, what it'll be. But he comes up to the Jeep and he says, roll the window down. I'm thinking he's going to ask for passports. He's going to tell me to leave. He's going to do this, that, or the other. And he said, Mr. Payne, would you like, would you like to buy the land? I said, man, what's got in your crawl? I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to. I'd love to, love to buy. Let's go do the deal right now. I was, so, I was excited. I done, I done started smiling. Y'all ever seen a smiling Christian? I know it's rare. You should be where I'm at, amen. You know what I'm talking about. But it's rare. And anyway, I was smiling. I was so happy. I was like, sure, let's go seal the deal. And uh, we went to his office and we got him there. And uh, he was, he was uh, asking what all documentation that I wanted as far as village land is kind of tricky and you want to get it right. So at any rate, 
He's there, and I'm like, what do I owe you? <laughs> this is the kicker. He said, you don't owe me nothing. I'm giving it to you. Wow. What? Did I misunderstand what you're saying to me? Last year, there was no way and you know where that I was getting it. But this year, not only did you come to meet me in my Jeep, you're going to give me the land to build a church on that worships, worships Jesus? Yeah. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that guy that I rode 24 hours with on a train last year when I left disappointed with my head hung down knowing that everything was going to go wrong and it was going to be an utter failure. That guy who was on that train with me was the regional chief. I didn't know that. Really didn't. I, I really I had no clue he was regional chief. I had no clue of who he was. All I knew that I wanted to tell somebody of the wrong that had happened to me, and I did. Y'all ever seen that skit, Big Sharks Eat the Little Shark? Y'all remember that one? Okay, well, Big Chief ate the area chief. Regional chief ate the area chief. Am I making sense to hear? Y'all following me at Sulphur Springs today? You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. The Lord hoed my horse for me. He, he accomplished something that this boy couldn't do. And he'll do it for you too if you'd put it in his hands. Stop fearing. Trust in the Lord. Because tomorrow about this time, you're going to start hoeing horses if you'll just start trusting in the Lord. That's what he did for me. And he'll do the same for you today. I'm thankful that he will. We got to get a fight mentality, a put up your dukes if you will. I'm not going to quit and give in in these days that are ahead of me. I, I want you to know this before we conclude today. I, I was watching something. Uh, it was been on Sports Channel here a while back. But uh, do y'all remember Muhammad Ali? Does, does everybody know that name? If not, that's fine. I'll explain it after you come. Hey, preacher, who was Muhammad Ali? He's a great boxer. But at any rate, I didn't know this, but Muhammad Ali had a daughter named Layla Ali. And if you ever look into sports, you'll find out about that. But Layla Ali, she had decided to take up boxing as well. And Layla Ali had a 24-0 and record. That's about like our Joshua in Joshua 11. And she had went through all of her fights. She had been some close calls. And in those close calls, she wanted to go back in some of her latter fights, the ones that was actually opponents and was kind of a challenge, and fight them. And one fight... She was in one night. The interview came over. It looked like she was going to lose. She had been cut over her eye. She was kind of wheezy, fell into the rope several times, been backed into the corner, been punched really hard here and there. And uh, the, the interviewer came to her, Brother Mark, said, when you was in those moments and it looked like you was about to quit and you was about to give up and you was about to, about to throw in the towel, Brother Harold, uh, th those days uh, when, when you, when you uh, uh, that moment when you experienced that, what was it that kept you in? What made you come back out of the corner? What made you stay in the fight? And she said, I remember when my dad fought. My father fought Joe Frazier. Remember when my father fought George Foreman. I remember when my father fought Sonny Liston. Does any of those names ring a bell, guys? I remembered that, and uh, she, she went on to say that, now I knew it looked like when I was going to lose, but, but whenever, whenever I thought about who my daddy was, hallelujah. Can anybody here 
Do you know who your daddy is? If you don't know who your daddy is, let me explain that to you. Your daddy is the lily of the valley. Your daddy is the bright and morning star. Your daddy is the great I am. Your daddy is the bread of life. Your daddy is the savior of the world. Your daddy is the mighty counselor and prince of peace. Somebody ought to say amen because of who your daddy is. Amen. Amen. I won't go down without a fight. I don't know about you. I feel like playing Rocky music. (laughs) I told you I'm done. Musicians, you can come your way. Verse number 7, y'all can walk slowly as you want to. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Miram. Suddenly, and they fell upon them. Did you see that? Joshua came. Do you see that or not? Joshua came. Joshua came. Let me say this to you. Attack your enemy instead of waiting for your enemy to attack you. Preacher, you telling me that in church? Joshua came. Is that God's word or not? And Joshua came and all the people of war with him. Stop being wimps and start warring up, Christian. Hey, brother, I'm just going to throw in the towel and bow. Go right ahead if that's what you want to do. But God called us to stand up for our families, for our fight, for our faith. Stay in there. By the water, and they fell upon them. They didn't wait for the enemy to attack them. They attacked, they attacked their enemy. I, don't, I hope I don't need to explain this to you, but it seems like I do. So I want to make sure you got this clear. Mark, just give me just a second, brother. I was at the football game this Friday night, and the old people was cheering. <laughs> My cousin was even cheering. I don't know where she's at. She, where'd she go? She, I heard her. She hit me in the back of the head and left. That's the way she is. But anyway, she was cheering too, and I was thinking about, I was thinking about a cheer that I heard when I was growing up. It's called Be Aggressive. Y'all know it? Be Aggressive. Be Aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. Say B. Aggressive. Be, all right, can I join the old people cheering club? Amen. That's what I'm telling you, church, today. Lead and be aggressive. And Joshua came and all those of war with him against the waters of Miron suddenly, and they fell upon them. Boy, we live in a wimpy culture. Sister, as y'all play softly, whatever the music is, would you stand to your feet in an attitude of prayer today? Would you leave today being aggressive? Boy, we need some Christians who would stand up for the fight. We need some believers who will actually be aggressive for your family. Men, you got problems in your home, buy her some flyers. Be aggressive. Ladies, whatever that entitles, be aggressive. All right, y'all know what it is. Amen. I'm telling you, fight your family, your faith, your, your ministry. It is worth fighting for. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm telling you I'm not going down without a fight. And I hope and trust that every believer here at Sulphur Springs if we're still here next year and I have the opportunity, I hope I see you here and more. I hope I don't see you out there on the street somewhere, gave up and quit. Ah, they didn't do me right. You know what? Stay in there. But if the Lord if the Lord doesn't choose to tarry and He chooses to call us out, I hope and pray to God that 
But I'll see every sweet, lovely face that's here in this place today in a place called heaven. Because you chose today, I'm not going down without a fight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, would you seal your word to our hearts? Someone here has felt like quitting. Seems like every time that something passes, ten more comes. It seems like the sands of the shore are against me. God, I pray today that they would come. Lord, receive a word from you just like Joshua did in verse 6 when the Lord said unto Joshua. Don't let us leave in fear. Help us know tomorrow can be different. Help us to get ready to actually do something and pursue what you've called us to do. Have your way, Lord, in these moments of invitation. Father, I pray that your people would obey. I pray that I would obey every word you're speaking to me. I just know life flows smoother when we're in the will of God. The ending's even better when we're in the will of God. Thankful, 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 Lord, of what you shared through Joshua. Help us, Lord, to experience in our lives what you want through the word of God today. In Jesus' great name, amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.